0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: You can not only learn from your mistakes, you can celebrate them. They define who you are and serve as a learning tool to become your most beautiful self ever. Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, with your host, Jim Stacy. Jim is the author of 11 books and is here to help you experience the power of the divine deep within yourself. It's inside you. You just have to know where and how to look for it. Now, here is Jim Stacy.
2: And thank you again to all of you who have joined me today. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for those who have sent me personal messages and uh, are connected with me in many ways. So, thanks to each of you. I do all I can to support you on your journey. This is Jim Stacy. I'll be talking today with, with you today, rather, about the death of Christianity. If you want to find out more about where I'm at and what I've written, you can always go to my website, which is www.thedivineiswithinus.com. You'll hear the Gmail uh, addresses later in the show. So today I want to talk with you about the death of a religion that is in our very society today dying right before our eyes. Christianity, an interesting religion for sure, but the problem with it is that it was never based on the teachings of Jesus. Yeshua, as you'd hear me call him all the time, his Aramaic name. The birth of Christianity came out of dogma and doctrine, not from the teachings of Jesus. Today, more than ever, we are seeing the death of a religion that left him in the dust of history. Mega-churches are just one of the evidences of a groupthink that is built upon fear. Lying politicians claim to be Christian in so many ways today, and we're seeing that as just, in my opinion, another evidence of the death of some something that people are desperately afraid to lose. The Christians that murder others and then just claim that they'll be forgiven. Christians that hate instead of love. Those who have never learned to love enemies and don't have the slightest desire, it seems, to find out how. Those who do not love their neighbors. And those who think that the self-love is evil are all dying within their religion of dogma and shame. Yeshua, Jesus said that we must learn to love. And the greatest thing we can do as human beings is to love ourselves, the divine itself, our neighbors, our enemies. And the reason he said that is because we are all one. And sometimes we are ourselves our own worst enemy. I'll be having a show coming up on Loving our enemies in the near future. But back to the topic for today. The birth of Christianity came out of an adaptation to some old stories that were never Christian in any way. Christianity actually should have never existed. It has never been anything but an absurd fabrication from two sources, one from St. Paul. Who never ever in his writings, never once did he ever quote Jesus, never once did he repeat any parables or any of the stories that Jesus told. He just went to dogma and his own slanted view of things. But from St. Paul and the early church fathers, distortions of what Jesus really taught is the first source of the fabrications. And then from some weird twisting of Judaism and their Messiah complex. The truth is, Christians should have been either Jews or Muslims because Abraham only had two sons. And their story goes all the way back to the Old Testament of Abraham who had his son, Ishmael, number one, the son that was supposed to have received the birthright, and then he had Isaac. Well, interesting story there for those of you who know it. But what I know is that Abraham consorted, with his wife's permission, to have a baby with his handmaiden or his slave, and he, I forget her name right now, but I'll anyway, we'll get it in just a minute. But Abraham and Sarah were married, but she was 90 years old. So Hagar, his handmaiden, became the mother of his first son. And then later, according to the stories, which I don't really know for sure, but Sarah was supposed to have, at the age of 90, been able to get pregnant and had a son named Isaac. Well, the story goes that in the Judaism history, the Hebrew history, that the firstborn son is the son that was to receive the inheritance and the birthright, and that would have been Ishmael. But, and the stories right there in the Christian's Bible, they decided to plan a scheme to steal the birthright. And so, I remember the story from a kid where they took a sheep's wool of some type, and put it on the arms of Isaac to make him hairy like Ishmael was. And because Abraham couldn't see very well at 120 years old, they went to him, and Isaac pretended to be Ishmael, and Abraham reached out, felt his arms, everything was false, everything was built on, on a lie, and Isaac stole the birthright. And there we have the historical problem of the, between the Jews and the Muslims. And I'll leave that story for them to sort out. But the truth is, the Christians adapted the Son of Promise. They liked the story of Isaac and all the children of Israel. Well, Abraham only had two sons, the Israel son, Jacob, or Isaac, rather, and the Muslim son, Ishmael. From those two sons have come those two patriarchal religions. So where did Christianity fit into all this? They stole what they wanted to steal. Christianity shoved its way into the history of the Old Testament, and it's been lying about their history ever since. There is no Christianity in Jesus' story. There is no Christianity in anything that he taught. He never came to establish a church. His own words said, I have come to bear witness to the truth, even the ancient, text, that the famous verse that a lot of people like to use, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that parable is from an ancient Egyptian text. Most people have no clue that that's true. So when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he was not talking about the religion of Christianity. When he said, the kingdom of heaven is within you, the same thing. That's found as an ancient Egyptian parable. He was repeating the truth that he knew. And the depths of that truth are still alive today, but not in the religion that claims to be following him. So the whole foundation of Christianity, according to the history that I know and have read and studied and things I've written about, the history of the Roman Catholic Church, and that was the beginning of the the organized church, it has been a foundation of lies ever since it began. They put together in what is called the Nicene Creed a whole system of beliefs. The Nicene Creed is what's repeated over and over and over again in so many churches around the world every Sunday and other, other times as well. That Nicene Creed was made up 400 years after Jesus was here. It does not include anything that Yeshua taught about the kingdom of heaven within, about all that he said of birthing a new self and all the things you've heard me talk about in past radio shows. So the history of a masculine-dominated brutality where they burned people at the stake right after they put the Nicene Creed together because they demanded, the Roman Catholic Church demanded, just as the nature of the Roman Empire was, you do it our way or you die. And so they began burning people at the stake by the thousands and thousands of them just because people wouldn't accept a new, totally new, fabricated doctrine of theology. The early church fathers, wishing to be authorities in their own right, totally caved into the masculine fear that has been dominating the world for far too long. Men desperately had to get rid of the Goddess Cultures that had been around for much longer than they wanted to admit. The Goddess Cultures were still alive in the the time of Jesus. The Temple of Diana still existed in His day. The Church never admitted that. They tried to destroy it and push it aside, and eventually they were able to write such a history—and remember, all history books are written by the the winners—and they pushed it totally aside and would never admit that the goddess cultures existed. And actually Jesus, and you've heard me talk about this, was the embodiment of the divine feminine more than anything else. The so-called God the Father is a lie. The divine itself is the full energies of all masculine and feminine together. Jesus, yes, he was masculine, but he embodied the feminine energies that you'll hear me talking about in a few minutes. And you also have heard me talk about their Holy Spirit. Their third person of the Trinity is female. The sacred breath or the sacred pneuma was always female until the Roman Catholic Church turned it into Spiritus Sanctus, the Latin, which is masculine. Anyway, Paul did, and the editors of the Bible did what they had to do. They took out what Jesus said. They left him in the dust of history and fear-filled men have always had problems with strong women. Men lied. They killed tens of thousands, distorted the truth into dogma, and then organized it all into a religion that they conveniently called Christianity. Even though it had absolutely nothing to do with the Christ consciousness of Yeshua, it had nothing to do with what that word Christ means, because Christ was never Jesus' last name. Christ was a word that was used in those cultures back then as the one who embodied the cosmic consciousness of the presence of the divine itself deep within. That's why I've called my website, TheDivineIsWithinUs.com, and Facebook, the same thing, The Divine Is Within Us, because it's the ancient teaching that Jesus taught when he said the kingdom or queendom, really, maucotah, as you've heard me say, is feminine. The the queendom of heaven is within you. Well, the church could never tolerate that. But Christ does not mean Savior. Christ does not mean Lord. It means nothing that the church talks about today because they have not ever understood what Jesus was truly saying about the divine being within each of us. And long last week show you Heard me talk about the fish and the atheist and those who are living in the presence of the divine like a fish is in water all the time. It is up to us, my friends, to discover who we are, where we've come from, what we are deep inside, and if there's any quest that we as human beings are on at all. It is the quest to know who we truly are. When Christianity became male-dominated, then they wrote their own death sentence. Yeshua said at best, when he said, the house that is built upon the sand will collapse when the storms come. The storm, my friends, I believe is happening now. The storm is today. Women are leaving the church in droves. The millennials, the 30-year-olds and under, are leaving the church in droves. They have no place for a masculine-dominated fabrication of some kind of guilt and shame. They're leaving, and the storm is happening as the Church is desperate to fill their pews in these days, and the more the older generation dies off and, and are not there to give money into the baskets, the more the Church is dying. So what's happened? The Church is meeting today in what we call megachurches, and yet that isn't the answer. More than three times the number of women today are outside the Church than they were in 1993. They have now left it behind because of the masculine-dominated misogyny, pushing women aside, pushing all aside except what they want to believe as fear-filled men, men who are living in shame, men who are not able to honor the Christ within, men who want to control and to believe rather than to surrender to who they truly are. All these figures that I just mentioned are come from what's called Pew Research, PEW research. and you'll find a lot of that information there. But women now account for 43 percent of all those who have told the church goodbye. They are now there are now rather 56 million Americans that are no longer in any religion at all. The control of fear-filled men is becoming more and more history. The conservative mindset is dying more and more each day. And those millennials and the younger generation know that there is more than has been told them by the church itself. So, my friends, as we search and seek for what truth is, as we look to, dis- to discover who we are and where we're going, there's a huge adventure ahead for all of us. And that adventure is the longest journey that the human will ever take. As someone said, it is the journey from the head into the heart. Right now, it's time for a break and I'll return with the story in just a couple of minutes.
0: This is the 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network.
1: Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the Church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus was not a Christian. Available right now on Amazon.com.
0: The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change.
1: Listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com. Again, that's The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim
2: Stacy. So today I'm working from a bunch of handwritten notes, and I've already seen that I have a lot more notes than I might get done today. But I'll get as far as I can, and I promise you in the next four weeks to six weeks, I'm going to be doing a lot more on this story of who we are, what's happening in the world today, and uh, I'll tell you more about that before I close the show. Anyway, the return of the feminine is now. I'm a strong supporter of the feminine. I have been for a long time, and I had to learn what so many men have to learn, that weak men must become as strong as the women they fear. May women everywhere today take back their rightful place and return with their needed voice. We need the voice of the feminine to receive and to hear their inclusive insights, their compassion, their wisdom, and their power in building community. This is what Yeshua did. He embodied the the feminine energies of the divine. Women, we need you today. We need you. Not as duplicates of the old male anger and supremacy and control, as there are some women who do, but rather as the expressions of the divine feminine, once again being a powerful voice in our society. Men, we must learn to access and embrace all of our own feminine side. We must also learn to embody the energies of compassion and healing and nurturing. We are not tough. Women are not the weaker sex. Control is for the very weak and the unconscious only. Misogyny is for men who live in fear. Homophobia is for men who are ignorant. Racism is for those who are filled with smallness and shame. Christianity is dying today because people now are smarter than the stone age of the Roman Catholic Church. And while we see the desperation of the Church reflected in their megachurch syndrome, we must remember the most bluffing is just seen just before the last breath is taken. Mega-churches are the trophy on the mantle, something that was once alive but is now stuffed and dead as a desperate need to remember what once seemed to be alive. Mega-churches exist because people are willing to pay for all the glitz and glamour and the rock band music and the entertainment on the stage that encourages them to keep pretending and keep making things up. The more that Christianity dies, the more radical it becomes, as it desperately desperately needs to keep believing in the things that were actually never true. The Church has always been dead wrong when compared to what Yeshua truly taught. And that desperation is seen today in the right-wing politicians who speak forth the lies and fabrications, and those who use lies to try to convince people that they know the truth. And I don't mean it's just the right wing. It's everywhere. But those men who are lying or those women who are lying to distort the truth are, and trying to still be in control, those people that use religion to kill and to shame, just like the man recently who shot the people at the Planned Parenthood site in Colorado. He said, I knew that I could do this because Jesus would forgive me later. And that, my friends, is the shame. Number two, the condemnations of all others, everyone but themselves, just like the days of the Roman Catholic Church, Roman, or the beginnings rather, where they labeled all others as heretics and then burned them at the stake. We're living today in a society where hatred is rampant. Hatred coming from preachers everywhere while spewing forth the radical ideas of misogyny. The hatred of women, men, choosing to to make choices for women instead of letting them choose for themselves. We have Christian politicians and preachers in the pulpit joining all these voices in condemning the feminine because they still have never gotten out of the prison of smallness themselves. Racism, white Christian cops killing black kids, white supremacy Christians in the Ku Klux Klan, right-wing politicians who, who had just simply Uh, or love white America only. You can figure out who those people are yourselves. The homophobia, radically uneducated Christians bullying people around them. They hate sexuality, in essence, because the church decided that all all forms of sexuality are wrong except one man, one woman. Funny how Jesus never talked about that, but they love to speak about it. Then we have Jerry Falwell Jr., just recently, who has been standing up before the student body at the so-called Liberty University, telling his students that they must go home and get gun permits, concealed carry permits, and bring them back to school. He said, we have to kill those Muslims if they ever come here. Yes, my friends, that's a voice today coming from radical Christianity, and I say it's a shame. The presidential candidates that are saying, stone the gays, We must declare war on women's choices. And the Christian college, who just recently said they are banning all girls from their college who have been found to be having sex. But the boys, they didn't say anything about that. More Bible nonsense. Then there's the no health care, the concepts from uh, the mayor of, or the, rather, the, the governor of Florida, just recently, who took nine thousand poor children off of health care and left them to die. That happened just three weeks ago. A Christian governor denying health care to millions of people, and I say, whoops! What about the Good Samaritan? What about that story that Jesus told about the man beaten and robbed and left to die along the wayside, and along comes a man who treated his wounds took him in to a a place where he could be cared for. And the the church has never talked about this that I have ever heard. And the man said to the people, take care of this man. I will pay for it. Here's some money. And I will return. And if I owe you more, I will take care of it later. My friends right there, Yeshua, Jesus said, to help others to have health care is the right way to go. There are judgments and bigotry all around us. We only have the truths, uh, or we only, rather, have the truths. So many voices are saying, no one else is right but us. Just like this morning I saw on the Internet that a woman down in Texas said she prayed to God and, and, and God diverted a tornado from her neighborhood to somebody else's neighborhood. Well, I had an interesting post about that, and it said, hmm, I guess the Christians living in the other neighborhoods must be going to a different church down the street. Today, we have love that is conspicuous by its absence, and yet the greatest commandment rings in my ears, for Yeshua said, To love all is the greatest thing you can do, and by loving, he told the Pharisee, by loving you have eternal life. My friends, we are already eternal. We already possess eternal life. We don't need any kind of dogma to say we have to believe something and surrender to shame in order to get it. Dogma is the lord of those who know nothing about life. And so the Bible and the lies and the contradictions that are in it, and I did a show recently about all the contradictions, or as many as I could include in one show, rather, and their worship of a book as an idol is one of the main problems we see in our world today. Self-righteousness is more rampant than ever, and the worship of literalism has taken the Church into the cesspool of illusion. All of these and more are what liberates the extremists from what Jesus taught. He is not their Lord and He never has been, for those who don't care about practicing what He said. But pretending is the game they play, it always has been. I know because I was in it for so long. I stood in the pulpit pretending. I I lied along with them until one day I began to wake up. I had to repent of doing all of that. And I did. And now I'm trying to make up for it. <laughs> anyway, Christianity has never been known for its love of other people. It's never been known for loving their enemies. It's never been a world-class example of loving neighbors or for loving oneself in a healthy way. Not even any kind of love that Jesus, Yeshua taught. Never once has the Church been known for loving, oh yes, there are a few people here and there, There are groups in in different churches that, yes, they're doing the best they can, and they're doing a beautiful job of that. And I tip my hat to every one of you, and I salute you. But it's the structures that I intend to criticize, not the individual people. Bless all of you who are loving. Keep doing it. We need you. So many years ago, the evidence of the church's lies came forth as the Crusades, the Crusades around the uh, the Holy Land and other places, they happen. Slaughter, killing everybody in sight. The conquistadors, There is no bigger distortion and tragedy than Christopher Columbus, who never discovered anything. We now have proof now that many people were in North America long before Columbus. But he just came to the, uh, the West Indies and he slaughtered people, those terrible heathen natives, who, my friends, he burned them alive in their huts in groups of 13. Why did he do that? Because 13 represented Jesus and the 12 disciples. What a twisted, murderous, slaughterous Christian. As he killed people, burned them to honor his dogma. Then there was the Inquisition. The inquisitions that came across the whole world, especially in the European world at that time, where the church sent out people to inquire and find everybody guilty. Pagans, this beautiful pagan people who lived all across Europe, they were condemned and made to look bad and sinful and wicked. And I'll have more to say about that on another show. Other people that practiced other things and all these witch hunts were all about slaughtering and killing and getting rid of people that would not go along with the dogma of the so-called Christian Church. It has never been a follower of Christ, and it never will be unless it returns to what he taught. Time for another break. I'll be right back. (music)
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today.
0: Be Visionary This is the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel.
1: You are listening to Beyond Religion Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com. Again, that's The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy.
2: So on with a story about why the church is dying today. The truth is it's always been dying in one form or another. But in the midst of it all, the Roman Catholic Church built these huge cathedrals. Oh, I remember going to a Great Britain years ago when my son was there. And oh, the massive cathedrals. It's like, wow, these people have to have the truth that they wouldn't have such massive buildings. Uh, not... The massive structures only show power. Massive structures only show control and domination. The truth is, the the mega structures of the ancient cathedrals were the first mega churches to come to the planet. We are the biggest. We are the only way. It's the same story today, as we find preachers living in multi-million dollar homes, not paying any taxes on them, and there are many of them. I won't get into that today. But in the midst of all of this, the cathedrals, the mega churches, the structures, the lies, the dogma, the things that Jesus never taught, the church today is the supreme agitator of the people. Fear is still their biggest weapon. But today, it just doesn't work any, any longer for most of our society. Jesus is not coming back to rescue a bunch of people that don't give a hoot about what he taught. That will never happen. It's impossible. Dualism, the favorite theme of dogma and theology, that everything is separate. The God is some masculine deity full of anger way up in the sky, and we better be afraid. No, it's just the church saying, you better be afraid of us or we're going to get you. Separation between the God up in the sky and people. Separation between man and woman. As long as the man's in control. But that's usually a fear-filled man that doesn't know what the heck he's talking about. Separation between each other. Separation between ourselves and planet Earth. Separation from all that Yeshua taught. My friends, the Christian church has always been a lie. It always has been when it talked about other things than what Jesus taught. It always will be, even as it dies unless it returns. But the truth is then, if the Christian church went back to embody and teach and practice what Jesus taught, the Christian church would cease to exist at that point because they would have to give up all the dogma that has replaced him. Hatred is now seen as a Christian value. <laughs> Extremism replaced Yeshua when the church got organized. Extremism had replaced Yeshua as early as St Paul. St Paul was not a saint. It ain't true as I like to say. Paul was a liar. He even says so himself. Romans chapter 3 verse 7. He says, "So what if I lie and by promoting or by lying I promote the kingdom of God?" Yes, that's what he says. So if I lie, if I say something that isn't true and if that promotes God's kingdom, so what? Hey, Paul, if you're listening, lying never promotes the opposite of it. It cannot. You were wrong, Paul, and the church knows it, but they love what you said. So Paul was a distorter of truth, a hater, a misogynist, a liar, a homophobe, a bully, a condemner of all the church fathers, just like they were, and he loved what they taught. Men built the church upon themselves. There's no one more guilty of that than Irenaeus, one of the early church fathers who left Jesus in the dust of history long, long before. He wrote 30 volumes called Against All Heresies. He kept his own library, but he threw away and burned everything he wrote about. But now we have a few insights into what he was writing about and what he was writing against. And you've heard me talk about the Nag Hammadi Library and the, the texts that were found in 1945, three years before the Dead Sea Scrolls. We know now what Irenaeus and the other church fathers threw away. It was what Jesus taught, and they didn't want anything to do with that. No, we're part of the Roman Empire, they said, and that's violence and men only and torture, and you do it our way or else. And so the church invented the idea of an angry God and the sin that requires punishment and some external, eternal fire. They are lies. Yeshua never taught anything about that at all. There is no word for hell in the Aramaic language. That does not exist, and Jesus never, ever, could have ever possibly said the word. But ah, the Bible's full of it, because they like to say it their way. So first they created sin, then they created punishment, and then they created confession and forgiveness, and after that they created the answer to all that, oh wow, salvation. Gee, now we can get rid of all the stuff we just created. But don't dare question us on that. Just believe us. And then they put a whole bunch of writings into a book. They threw out most of the writings. There were hundreds of gospels available that day, in that day, hundreds of letters and information, but they threw most of it out and put it in one book, and they called it God's Word. Oh, my goodness. No, it was man's word. Sorry. Holy Bible? No, not at all. It was a man-made document. It was people in the Roman Catholic Church. In fact, it was Constantine himself, the teenage Roman Empire of the day, who said the canon of Scripture must be what I say it is. Well, thank you very much. But to all you Christians in the world, guess what? Your Bible is the choice of a pagan empire. Well, you can deal with that, and you can read the history if you need to. But they left out, all the texts and the Gospels that they didn't want to hear, those that included what Yeshua taught, those that did not agree with them because they liked their false teachings better. They liked sin and judgment and guilt more than they liked what Jesus said. And so self-righteousness and the you will burn, but I won't kind of dogma came into being. The cross was made to fit the Old Testament blood sacrifice, they were, And they forgot that their own Bibles say that their God has no delight in burnt offerings and blood sacrifice. It's right there. but Oh, it fits our story, and it fits what we want people to believe. And so the Roman Catholic Church kept the truth, uh, well, kept their lies, I should say, secretly embedded in Latin until 17 centuries later. And they even killed people like uh, Tyndale. And others who wanted to translate and put the the scriptures in the language of the people. Okay, so what did they do all that? They did it because they had to be in control. The masculine energies of the Roman Empire had to be seen in the Roman church because the church and state were one. I have a bumper sticker on my van that says the last time we uh, combined the church and the state, people got burned at the stake. And it's true. And there are those today who want to turn our country, the United States, into a theocracy. I saw it last week and I see it every week. As soon as the church rules everything, it's going to be okay. Uh, Whoops. Not quite. Because as soon as they have the power to kill more people, stone the gays and stone the liberals, they would do it. But if you believe the dogma, oh, and then you're free. From the practice of Yeshua's words is what they say. Beliefs in the head is, is faith. But Yeshua taught, if you practice my words, you, then you build your house on the rock. And the house on the rock is, is, is symbolic of your you and your life, me and my life. If I build my life upon practicing what Yeshua taught, when the storms come, my house, myself, will stand. But today, the church is not does not understand that at all they have built their house upon the sands of dogma and the storm is coming and guess what the house on the sand fell flat so jesus said if you practice my words you will you will live you will survive the storm you will carry on and as today the house on the sand is slipping and sliding the voices increase Jesus is coming back to get us before we suffer. Uh, no, nope, sorry, not going to happen. Today, even the mega churches and everything else, the church is all but gone. Their desperation is proof. The pews are more empty than they've ever been, and they're going to be more and more empty as it continues. Groupthink is the God they love. If I'm sitting in a big, massive, megachurch, thousands of people around me, oh, it must be true that I am in the the right place. We have the truth, or we wouldn't be so big. Well, sorry again, because that's not what Yeshua taught. He said, save yourselves from this unconscious generation. Save yourselves from dogma and a false piety that judges every other person. Save yourselves from the mental salvation of dogma. And from all the beliefs that keep you from loving yourself and your neighbor and your enemy is that, that which saves you from the fear-filled men who have never practiced what they claim their lord had taught yet jesus said do not call me lord unless you're practicing the things that i've taught you but some say what about the reformation that martin luther started i say what reformation there never really was a change There never really was a reformation of the Church. Martin Luther and John Calvin were two of the most heinous bigots that has ever walked the face of the planet. Martin Luther was a misogynist who was asked one day, "What what if your wife dies in childbirth? He said, well, so what? That's what women are for. John Calvin, when his wife died, people were astounded that he showed one bit of emotion at all. Because even his friends, history tells us, feared him more than they cared about him. Reformation? No way. Why? Because religion can't reform anything. Religion cannot reform itself. Otherwise, it would no longer be a religion. The Reformation is a lie. Right here in Michigan, there's a town called Grand Rapids. The Citadel of Fundamentalism, it's called. Reformed churches up and down every street. Reformed churches that don't like each other, reformed churches that say, we were reformed better than you, so our reformed method is better than your reformed, well, you get the point. The Christian church has mostly become a religion of show, a show of greed that is built upon the sands of dishonesty, upon self-worship and fabrications of dogma. Gone are the practices of love, of peacemaking as a daily choice, of including all others as parts of the divine of women being equal to men, of healing all that prevents uh, healthy bodies and healthy relationships, nurturing for all who have inner battles raging deep inside. All of these things, gone, compassion for every other human being, caring for the widows and feeding the hungry. Gone is health care for all the strangers. Gone are all these things that Yeshua taught. The Christian church is all but dead, it is the show of pretense. No resuscitation, please, is what I say. Because, as I said a, minute, a few minutes ago, if the church were ever to become what Jesus taught, it would cease to exist. Because the dogma, the theology, the rituals, the pretense, the lying—it's very essence would be gone. Christianity and Yeshua cannot coexist. This time, it will not. There will not be Yeshua who gets crucified. The church is crucifying itself. It has no one else to blame. It's time to pull the plug. Time for a break. I'll be right back.
0: The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network.
1: Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the Church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian. Available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice
0: America 7th Wave Channel. Seek Greater Awareness.
1: You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy.
2: So I say, let the church pull its own plug. Let it take itself off of the fake support of a life that isn't really alive. And, my friends, there's another way. or beyond religion, beyond atheism, beyond eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die, and beyond all the games that people play to, uh, to distract themselves from reality, we must go back to the times before the Western world of distortion and the meaning of life, as they called it their definition of that meaning is vastly different than those in the ancient eastern world who knew and practiced what Jesus taught. Yeshua was eastern. The church and the, uh, the Christian church is western. Something a lot of people have never really thought about, but the eastern mindset is vastly different than the western one. For those here in the western world, the, the vast majority seems are creating meaning out of material things, their money, their cars, sports, Houses, boats, bank accounts, vacations, possessions of all kinds, instead of how to live. Their attention is put on their clothing and their huge TV screens, and so much more. How much beer can you drink in one night? Well, I could go on, but the Eastern world saw it differently. The Western world does everything they can to replace the frustrations, and the lack of meaning by filling it up with all kinds of physical things. And yet, drifting through the hearts and the minds of the ancients was the story of all humanity, embedded within and streaming from the spiritual experiences of all who were awake to the mysteries of the human existence. Yeshua taught such a truth, But how to teach such a magnificent truth as the divine within all humans was the issue without doing it with with just a bunch of dry words in the head. Yeshua did that. He taught about the divine within. He taught the deepest truths the human race has ever heard. And when he said, I've come to bear witness to the truth, that's what he was talking about. A reminder of what had been lost was his mission as he came. He never taught about some meaning of life, but rather he taught what could help humans to experience the vast beauty of being alive. And I give Joseph Campbell the credit for that statement, for he said it so clearly in his books, The Hero with a Thousand Faces and The Power of Myth, that we have to go beyond saying this is what life means. And we have to follow our own bliss, as Campbell said, we have to know the sheer delights of being alive. And there is a huge difference. So how did he do that? How did Yeshua do that? How did uh, Joseph Campbell do that? With Not with dead sermons of dogma? No way. Yeshua taught the deepest truths by telling stories. Stories that invited people into, to step into the mysteries of life and discover who they are in the story and what they're going to do about it. Not what others told them they were. And so all the stories that he told, they were called parables in in the uh, scriptures, the story of the prodigal son, the story of the Good Samaritan, the story of the woman at the well. Those stories never happened as literal stories. They were stories that Jesus told, Yeshua told, to reveal truth. When someone says, once upon a time, ah, There's something about that we say, hmm, what are they gonna say next? When someone tells a story, we listen. When someone preaches dogma, huh, that's a different story. We turn it off. Religion tells people who and what they are, and that's the most heinous of all religious errors. Instead of what Jesus taught about possibilities of spiritual adventures, of the quest for deeper truths within. He did that by telling stories Those parables, those stories were about a sower that went out to sow the seed. That didn't really happen. I mean, it happened for the people in that day, but that story was a story to talk about truth. What happens when seeds are sown? And each of us are one or more of those kinds of soils. But he talked about that. He told a story about a man who found a treasure in a field. And because the field wasn't his, he said, hmm, I need to go pay for this land, buy it, and then the treasure is mine. And right there is a deep, deep truth about finding the spiritual truth within ourselves. He told a story about a lost coin, about a woman and a search for a pearl, about the Good Samaritan, about fishing and how men go fishing. He told stories about grapes on a vine, that pearl of great price, and that prodigal son, as I mentioned, the, the son who left home and then awakened and returned. He told stories about a mustard seed and a fig tree and a kingdom of heaven within. Yeshua used the most powerful teaching method ever, the most powerful tool the human beings have ever known. He used the power of story, of myth. My friends, a myth is not a lie. A myth is a powerful story that used to tell or reveal truth. And as we, as listeners, step into the story, we come to understand what those stories are all about, what those stories reveal about our own deepest inner self. What, what do all the children's stories hold for the kids that read them? Those, what it holds for them, the meaning it holds, is vastly more important than anything else that they might do with it. But a story compels them to see themselves in the story, And every time we hear a story, even as adults, the child part of us and other parts of us, we identify with one or more of the characters in the story. It is in that identification that a child learns to make choices about who they want to be. Do they want to be the dragon? Do they want to be the angel? The prince or the pauper? The witch or the one on the journey? Yeshua used the power of myth and that is what the Western world has been missing for thousands of years. We must recover the power of myth that, as Joseph Campbell says, and Joseph Campbell was the world leader in using myth to find out who we are and who we will be and how we will live. (laughs) Joseph Campbell is no longer with us, but I'm writing another book right now And I believe the title of it is going to be Liberating Ourselves from the Chains of Religion. My other book who has just come out is called Liberating Jesus from Christianity. But in this next book, about Liberating Ourselves, I use Joseph Campbell and his Hero with a Thousand Faces as the backdrop for the story. The Power of Myth, Myths to Live By. One of my favorite books was written by Bill Moyers who's still with us today, and I salute Bill Moyers for his insight and the the power of, of all that he has written. But he interviewed Joseph Campbell in this book called The Power of Myth. One of the greatest voices of our time is Bill Moyers and Joseph Campbell, of course, together. They tell the story of how to use the story. And as some of you might know, Star Wars was built upon Joseph Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces. Luke Skywalker and all of his adventures, all that he had to learn to do and become, are all stories built upon Joseph Campbell's The Power of Myth. Are you Luke Skywalker? Are you Darth Vader? Who might you be today? Myth or dogma? What are we going to choose? Mysteries or shame? Being alive or dealing with dogma, saying that we know what the meaning of life is, or are we experiencing the beauty and the power of our most beautiful self as we learn to live in the mystery and the delights of truly being alive? What does your most beautiful self look like, my friends? For that is what you're here to discover. What is the power within you that you've not yet known? I promise you it's there. We're learning more all the time. That's about all the time I have for today. I'll be with you again next week as I talk about much much more about the myths and the stories to live by. This is Jim Stacy. I'll catch you next time.
1: Thank you for tuning into the program today. Please join Jim Stacy for another edition of Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, let the divine work for you and with you. You're bound to experience a new life.